it does achieve like necessity in itself. And to be honest, <laughs> when this is uh, it does achieve necessity. Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. Hi, I'm Orla McInnes. And welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen and we watch it separately and Skype each other to talk about it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film was chosen by Orla. Mm-hmm. It is Minding the Gap from 2018. Take one. I'm making this film because I saw myself in your story. I always felt like I didn't fit in with my family. My parents ran this very controlling house. I ran away a lot. Skateboarding is more of a family than my family. How did you get disciplined? I mean, well, they call it child abuse now, but... Life might be moving too fast. Three young men bond through skateboarding to escape their volatile family life in their Rust Belt hometown. As they face their adult responsibilities, some unexpected revelations threaten their decade-long friendship. Did you see any violence in your household when you were growing up? I don't know, man. It's, that's a tough question. It's hard. It depends on what you determine as violent. Like when I was a kid, I was fucking up. I got my ass whooped. I feel like everyone does. I mean, some people got it worse than other people. It's directed by Bing Liu, produced by Bing Liu and Diane Moy Kwon, starring Kira Johnson, Zach Mulligan, and Bing Liu. Music by Nathan Halpern and Chris Ruggiero. Cinematographer by Bing Liu. Edited by Joshua Altman and Bing Liu. <laughs> like, which is traditionally most of the documentaries that we do, the, <laughs> whoever is directing it takes multiple roles, I suppose. Mm. Those are the kind of documentaries we like. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Orla, why did you pick Mining the Gap? <laughs> it's another film about fathers <laughs> uh yeah i kind of i thought this would be a really nice double bill with uh stories we tell and also it gives you an opportunity to get your revenge on me i guess um <laughs> not that i <laughs> slightly different though because i haven't been like holding this film close to my heart for a very long time um i think i had this on my watch list around the same time that i watched um skate kitchen and mid 90s and there were a lot of films that around that time uh, but I didn't watch this until quite recently, and uh, I didn't really have any kind of expectations of it, of, of what it was before I put it on. I just knew that it was really highly regarded at the time when it came out, and it was like nominated for an Oscar and stuff, and I was like, hmm, interesting. So, you know, you, it starts, and you're like, oh, this is, hmm, look at these kids, that's great, I like these kids. And then the film sort of turns into something else entirely. Um, yeah, there's, I find for me this a much more personal story than stories we tell was uh, I'm not going to keep comparing it to stories we tell but um more that I felt more connected to Bing than I did to Sarah in that film by the end of this and um I think part of that is kind of watching him 
discover like it's as much about his own story as it is about the people that he's talking to um yeah so basically you picked this movie to just keep kicking the dead horse that yeah. is story suta i had so much fun last week uh yeah peter bradshaw like this is it's pretty universally well regarded um but in, i find in peter bradshaw and the guardian his review uh speaks to the kind of one of the conflicts that the film has um that i i found interesting and reading his when i first read his review i felt kind of confused it felt a bit strange like he seemed to like it but ultimately he felt kind of tricked by the director and the editing of the film um because bing while growing up at the same time as the two other main characters wasn't very close with them until he started making the film so a lot of the older footage of them where there's like you know freeze frame them at this age they weren't friends at that time a lot of the, some of that footage is coming from other skateboarder filmmakers um so i think he knew zach but didn't really know kiri at all and then got to know him as he was making the film um and then kind of worked backwards once he started talking to them by finding sort of like clips and everything from their younger years and like you know photographs of them with their fathers and that kind of thing um yeah, I I think it's it's through the kind of the skillful editing and through Bing himself that you feel like he has known them for longer than he has. And saying that, he did make this over a number of years. Um, he didn't just show up and, you know, have interviews with these people and then plug in some archive material afterwards. Um, I feel I feel like you ha- it's it's up to the viewer whether or not you feel like Peter Bradshaw did that there's something spurious or dishonest about that. Um I, I, when I read that after seeing it, um, I kind of, it became more tragic for me because he started out wanting to interview skateboarders about skateboarding and also their relationships with their fathers. And then he went all around the country talking. So he's all these like, you know, interviews all these like different skateboarders from around America and then ends up focusing on two kids from his hometown who have very similar childhoods to him which in a way I find much more like tragic and sad that he was able to weave the stories together as if they were best friends for their whole lives because there's so many similarities in their stories and then like perpetuating the violence and the poverty and everything. Um, like even the fact that he used footage from other people uh, in like small instances of the, of the, of the two guys, it's, of, of taking shots that probably would have ended up in like a, a skateboarding montage video on Instagram or whatever, or on YouTube um, and taking that and putting it in a different context, you know, or even say like the shot of Kiri uh, breaking the kid's skateboard and how it's like, Oh, it's like triumphant, but it's in that context. It's so sad. Um, but uh yeah, it's the more I thought about this film afterwards and the more I read about it, the more even more interested I became in it. Um, there's actually an interesting article in um, from Donald Clark in the Irish Times talking about it and, and his own sort of, of you have to untangle this film afterwards of, of how it's put together. And I find that really interesting for something that in its essence is quite simple, really, of, of you know, of just following kids and seeing their lives through their form of escapism, which is skateboarding. To other people, it's funny, haha, you know, oh, these guys are crazy. 
But in reality, I think it's a control thing. You fucking have to control the most minute, small details to make you feel normal in a world that's not normal. It would kind of be like a drug in a way. Like, I could seriously be on the verge of having a fucking mental breakdown. But as long as I'm able to go skate, then I'm completely fine. There are a lot of topics in this, uh, like race, identity, fathers, masculinity, like souring of masculinity. Um, and and it's, it's kind of meta at times with these kids where they're so aware of becoming their fathers and so aware of perpetuating things, but don't have any ability to, to change, you know? Um, and, uh, I find that he's ma he weaves these topics through it, it's editing like a lot of documentaries like this film the strength of it is well, one of the main strengths of it is how it's put together um, right there wrongly <laughs> but uh, the way he's 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 bringing in topics like there's one scene that God is so heartbreaking where Kiri's talking with his friends about uh, being pulled over by the cops and how stressful it is for them and it's just like this little moment and he kind of he has a nervous laugh that is very endearing and also very sad there's something very like you feel very connected to him very quickly I think because he's very he's very open with Bing and everything but also how conflicted he is about different things about being black about like where he lives and everything um but like that scene it feels very natural and very crushing and it could have felt really jarring or exploitative or or like oh yeah don't forget about race though but but uh yeah it's it's even the way he he interviews the the um the archive footage from the news and everything as well and how it's like oh it's another american town and but i think it's necessary as context here because this town and this area of the country is like so particularly stricken with poverty and violence and domestic violence and like even for it could have been any other time but this is like even like the a worse version of this town and like what it does to young people yeah um, but uh uh yeah it's 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 obviously a very conflicting film because as you start off you really like all these kids uh you also uh particularly like Zach and then what I found difficult when I first watched it as well at the start is how they introduced Nina. And I was like, oh, no, it's 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 a very kind of like, are we going to see the other side of this relationship? And then as he brings it in, it's like so crushing because you see her off through her like her, her flaws and her vulnerability, but also her like pragmatism and like Bing being so like understanding but also confused because he's like not understanding why both his mother and now her do the same thing and that even Nina can't fully explain it to him um and there's something interesting about people who have suffered themselves like domestic abuse um recognizing it in other people or also maybe not recognizing it in other people and not you know that the fact that he knew Zach more and seems to have had more of a relationship with Zach, it feels more conflicting for him as a portrayal of someone who's more his friend of like asking other people about it as well. It's like, did you know this? Like, you know, and he, he'll, you know, he, he kind of confronts him, but he kind of doesn't. 
And then it's it's very like uncomfortable and I do think as well, like visually it's it's interesting. Um at one point Kiri says Like I always thought it was cool how you can put all these different moments into like one long video and just make it seem like the best time ever. Skateboarding is cool. It looks cool. It's very visual. It's like it's very easy to make to take all the the footage that he has of all the kids skateboarding and hanging out and everything and and make it into something very beautiful but kind of empty. Um, and like I'm sure Bing has thousands more images of them skateboarding or home skateboarding or whatever. But I don't feel like that was really what he was interested in from the get go, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah, like uh, <laughs> the ending is oddly cheerful, uh, which we can talk about. Um, it feels like the hand of another editor sometimes, uh, which is like this film did get funding ultimately. And there is another um, editor. He's like a kind of a veteran guy who came from the, uh, I'm not sure which company he came from, but um, uh, yeah, the, it's, I'm not sure how I feel about the ending. Um, I thought um, this would be interesting uh, as, as a side side to two stories we tell um but also as, as as a standalone thing um even if you you didn't like it uh so <laughs> on that defeatist note um what did you think of minding the gap well for one besides them being documentaries i don't think that there's that much in common with stories as we tell so i'm not gonna compare it as much perhaps um i think that uh in a way um what you call it uh, I was going to make the joke <laughs> saying that you had said that uh, stories we tell didn't sell you with the idea that these people should have a movie made about them, even mm. though you like them. Uh, I don't quite think that about this movie. Uh, it does achieve like necessity in itself. And to be honest, <laughs> when this is... Uh, it does achieve necessity. Jesus, that's kind of like what I was saying about um, Stephen Dorff earlier. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. But uh, what I think of this movie, to be honest as well, this is one of those rare movies that whenever I finished watching it, I was like, oh, this was good. And it was like Friday that me and Alex watched it. And I sat there going like, oh, yeah, I liked it. And the more I sat with the movie, the more problems I had with it. Uh, I don't think the um, it necessarily like undermines the movie. I think that it is generally like a well put put together movie. I think that similarly to a lot of pro- like one of the reasons why I never consider getting into documentaries that. I think that there's a lot of issues when it comes to power dynamics and stuff mm. between the filmmaker and the and um, and the subject and about ethics and morals and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And I already had a few ethical issues with this movie before. <laughs> I didn't know what you revealed to me about uh being <laughs> not being like really friends with them like mm-hmm. childhood friends he like knew I, them as 
because their ages yeah, are quite different. Yeah, knew them as different. in like people from the town kind of thing. Mm. You know, like it's a small town. I think it's the same size as Galway or something. But in typical American fashion, if I can feel like much bigger. Uh, <laughs> I also found it quite interesting how like the city itself seems very nice. And then like all you hear is about <laughs> how much of a dump it is. Uh, and I'm like... Jesus, like, you clearly haven't seen fucking the, the movie, was it, Highland County, USA? <laughs> the, that's a dump. I think it's Michigan, isn't it, Rockfield? Or Illinois? Or... It's Illinois, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but, uh, but you compare Rockfield... Cause he, were, yeah, because like, he, say... he went to Chicago University, Bing did, I think, which would make sense. Yeah, and it also makes sense, uh, Stephen James' uh, involvement as an executive producer in this movie because he's from Chicago as well, mm. uh, which I always appreciate when I see, like, executive producers because usually, like, when you see movies like this, uh, executive producer role, it's usually a filmmaker just... Uh, lending their name. Almost lending their names almost as a passing of the torch, saying, like, this is actually a movie that should get funding or whatever. Um, similarly to like Quentin Tarantino does that quite a lot that is like executive produced he didn't do it but it's a movie that he enjoyed usually <laughs> we to... had this uh, we had this exact same conversation when talking about uh, Hill County this morning this evening uh, and talking about uh, Quentin Tarantino lending his name to Eli Roth as the future of horror uh, I don't know if that point if we had seen um uh, knock knock uh, knock knock oh, the, the tax write off <laughs> movies that he made in Chile yeah <laughs> to pay for his wedding um, I presume that Ana de Armas is regretting making that movie but sure um, but yeah like coming back to the to this movie like Stephen James again like uh, like he did uh, Life Itself the um, mm. Roger Ebert documentary and he also did Hoop Dreams that I think the Jeez. Um, oh my god yeah. okay, that makes a lot of sense and uh, that's uh, something that in itself wasn't an issue because obviously like this uh, like I said this movie is something like it's a worthwhile movie but at the same time just seeing his name popping up in the beginning reminded me how careful he was while making hoop dreams that you never mm. feel like the issue of the power dynamics and also uh, what Peter Bradshaw uh, alluded to of like narrative underhand mm-hmm. of uh, guiding or creating a fiction in a documentary sense and presenting it as fact in a way it, it's almost like lie by omission the way that this movie is made in a way and I don't yeah. feel the, 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 the reason why whenever you mentioned I didn't feel cheated in the sense of like oh I felt cheated oh my god they weren't friends fuck this fucking flip the desk <laughs> but i i felt because before going in to this conversation i already had like in my head these ethical issues that i had with the movie but uh, a lot of it i gave bing a pass as a director and filmmaker because i thought that they were childhood friends mm. so it's like if i was especially with the zach side of the story that I thought that it's like yeah if I was childhood friends with this guy I probably would have the same issue kind of thing and I suppose that if he started like it's somebody that you know and you came close to because you're making a movie it doesn't stop the fact that you started a relationship already as filmmaker like 
director、mm-hmm. and subject. And that gives you a different power, but also different responsibilities as a filmmaker. Especially like in, in it's,、uh, if you're going to go down the rabbit hole of talking about it, like talking about what this movie turns out to be that is about domestic abuse and stuff, I think it's a movie that ends up pulling its punches. So, in, not that it becomes like a model message, but at the same time, it's.、Um, It forgives its characters in a way that,、mm. not forgives, but it kind of like.、Um, it is interesting also because Bing was a victim of domestic abuse as well. So it's a, a very difficult subject for him to examine as well because it's like, you know, like there's a reason why.、Uh, Films about PTSD are not usually made by people that have PTSD because you have to relive your own trauma to make it. Yeah, and also, like, you'd be in the editing suite trying to go into it. And I think that the, the, there are moments in this movie that it kind of works, but at the same time, it doesn't because Bing won't go there because. Or his relationship with the subjects, and also his relationship to the subject.、Mm. Like his interview with the mom, I think, with his mom, I think, shouldn't be in the movie to begin with because,、mm. for one, it doesn't add anything else. Like it's almost, and I'm not saying because of her lack of English or anything, it's just because with her relationship with him, it doesn't add anything to the conversation on this issue in the same way that. His interview with his stepbrother or half brother actually brings it up because it's like the idea of, like, in that sense of, like, the house has memories. I, I remember hearing beating and, like, screaming coming from your room, and it was like unnerving screams of, like, anguish almost. And I, it was like, Really, really unnerving. It's almost scarring. When it comes to his mom, it almost feels, it, also because, like, knowing how movies are made, like, he probably interviewed his mom for like about two hours or something, and that's、mm-hmm. what made it out in the movie. And it almost feels like that he put it into the movie because it would be really shitty to put his mom through all of that. And then not use the footage almost because it doesn't even fit the overall story of、mm. Zach and、uh, Kiri kind of thing. And、yeah. even when it. Or, him, it or, or himself necessarily, in that him talking about it and his brother talking about it is almost more powerful than having a little clip of her talking about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you can tell that he doesn't ask really the questions. And you can tell also whenever, because at that moment, there's like a camera pointing at Bing、mm. uh, getting his reactions. And you can tell at moments that like he wants to ask the question and doesn't ask the question or is like having a moment himself. And I think that. Maybe for that to work, it should have been that he's not behind the camera. You should have、mm-hmm. been like sitting in the sofa. Like, if you're gonna be doing that, that is like showing his side as well, it should have been that like he's sitting with his mom, so like it could be more conversational and more、uh, mm-hmm. personable. So, like, she would 
break down a little bit more. But then yeah. it's like the thing of manipulation because you can tell, for example, again, it's not because of the movies. Just in this case, is the the only part that, especially since you mentioned it, that like uh, in stories we tell, uh, Sarpoli is interviewing people that she knows her entire life, her family kind of thing. But at no point is like she judging their behavior even mm. when she's asking her dad things it's more leading questions well with Bink he's kind of trying to get himself um, some closure in the matter and I think it's like I understand like personally like I completely understand his perspective on it and like how difficult it would be like it's almost it's not impossible to separate you as the filmmaker and you as the person but at the same time, since we have to judge this as a movie, let's say, mm. it is not necessary. And then it also breaks the flow of the other two narratives. Let's say the same way that how you were saying that he started the movie uh, making interviewing a bunch of different people because the movie was about skateboarding initially. Mm. And then like I think that that should have been the structure of the movie. Mm. not presenting it the way that it is because then it would have been like a revelation only of how like because the movie is talking about the idea of the past about parents about how society creates violent men and stuff like that it'd be kind of this revelation that is uh, how easy it is to dig under the surface and find similar stories mm. well in this case it seems that it like is manufactured in a way, like every movie is manufactured and uh, one of these people, oh, Spielberg uh, manipulates <laughs> you. It's like every fucking film manipulates you. Don't <laughs> the news but, manipulates you. <laughs> yeah, but like I think that it, it, it this movie uh, creates a, the messaging that is like, oh, these three guys with similar, three similar backgrounds have similar past. And I think it would have been far more powerful that is like, you just go and talk to people and look how prevalent this is in society, you know? Yeah, um, I do just, I kind of agree with you about the the the, the way the mother in, the mother's interview is presented, particularly because it's a very formal setup and he's got, he's he's put in little small formal interviews, but it's very small amounts of them and they're usually... Uh, surrounded by moments of them just talking or else like archive of them hanging out or whatever. Um, and he did say in one of the interviews that um, uh, about the film that he recorded with her for like two hours and they were all, it was all, you know, he's talking to his mother. So it's all very friendly and, you know, and then that was the part that he put into the film. So you lose any of the exterior of it. And that also at the end, it's got that weird, kind of like oh Bing's mom got married again it's like uh. <laughs> you know and then as his part of the film it feels less uh not that it's not that there's not a way to tie that into the other stories in the film but um I think it's the way that's the way that's edited in and then reappearing later it doesn't it doesn't work as well as the other parts I think um and I also think that it, like Perhaps, again, it's like uh, bringing myself into a movie. But then again, it's impossible not to bring your own context when you're watching something. Mm. But I like my father wasn't like physically abusive or whatever, but he was a notorious drunk and uh, fucking 
dickhead all around kind of thing. He's well, I presume he still is. If I could roaming the earth, I don't know. But I think that this movie somehow both makes the the argument for the complexity of these people, but also oversimplifies the issue. And mm. I think that perhaps because it is the uh, it's an abusive relationship that he got into, like his abusive relationship wasn't like his dad. It's like his mom's husband. It's like his stepdad that his he just relationship showed up to him. their house and became her husband. <laughs> Which is yeah, but the, you weird. kind of understand in a way because uh, I by the name I presume that she's Vietnamese, but like I might be wrong because no, like, I think uh, she's Chinese. I think I read Chinese. That okay, that she yeah she immigrated um, from China. But the movie does uh, portray the idea of like how difficult it is to be both poor and a single parent because mm. you can't like well whatever that you can understand like her being in a situation the desperation of like just needing somebody to help out yeah and this was the person that showed up she doesn't want to be alone she wants to be married yeah and she wanted more kids blah 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 it's like and then it's like the bit uh, i think it's the oversimplification in a way that like the argument that the movie makes in a way is that yeah but these guys were like they're nice most of the time and then you they then they snap because of society or whatever, and then mm. uh, and then they go back to be nice. So you believe their apologies or whatever. But every person that I've known that have gone through abusive relationships and stuff, like I worked with a girl when I worked as a waiter that would show up with bruises and being thrown down the stairs and everything like that. Mm. And the bit that uh, really um, more than the violence and anything else, I think that the thorough line of for everybody staying it's not that they're nice afterwards it's that they're super manipulative in a way that you don't realize until it's too late so they Mm -hmm. isolate you from your friends and stuff that's what my dad did to my mom it's what this guy the uh this girl i work with did to her and Mm -hmm. is with other people as well is that they isolate you completely so you don't have friends to go to for help or whatever. And there's a case of Nina, like, and there's a reason why your man went with somebody that is an immigrant that doesn't have family here. It, like here, I mean, like family mm-hmm. in America, in Rockford. Like, uh, um, Nina says that her uncle and auntie fucking uh, jumped in whenever she had the kid, almost adopted her. Like she didn't have anybody either, and you she never talks see a her. lot about her, the yeah the that her family were not close. There was no like affection. There was no and like they they don't appear at all in the film. Even though I'm fairly sure now, just going back to the like the party scene for like Elliot's one Warwick first birthday and stuff. I don't know if there's another set of parents there. I'm not sure. Maybe because you see Zach's parents, but. Zach's dad because he says that yeah. his mom left whenever there were he was kids and stuff like yeah. that. I think that the movie does make the argument also like which I think that it should have like clarified it even more that there is like a difference between people that were abusive because they didn't know what else to do mm. because this is the society that did and people there are like willfully abusive because that's the way that they are. It's kind of like 
the difference, like the Kieran says that he used to get the shit kicked out of him by his dad. Mm-hmm. But it was always as a response for something that Kieran did. And mm-hmm. I think he stole something or something. It was the way that he thought that he had to discipline his child kind of thing. Which the way doesn't I was make raised. It, yeah. And it doesn't lessen the trauma that it gives the kid. But I think that it is important to differ that to uh, Bing's dad, that he would walk into the computers like, you look silly or whatever, and then walk out like trying to provoke. I used to judge my relationship with my father based on like a day-to-day basis on how many things I've done to piss him off in that given day. And this day that I was here playing on the computer felt like a good day, that I hadn't done anything wrong, it all went without a hitch. We hadn't talked very much. There wasn't much opportunity for me to do anything bad. But then he just comes in, looks at me. I turn up and look at him. And he just says that I look fucking stupid. And he walks out. And I thought that was the end of it. I was like, oh, well, okay, that's not too bad. But then he comes back in with a pair of, like, meat scissors. And he just starts, he just, like, grabs my head and starts hacking my hair off. Especially for the kid, there's a cause and effect in one that you can process in your brain why something happened. And there's almost like a sense of control for you there or a small semblance of power that if you just behave, then you'll be okay. As opposed to just, it doesn't matter what you do. If you look funny, he just needs to hit you. So it's... And also is the bit that is like, that is what uh, the other form of abuse is why usually is the one that is like most terrifying uh, for the people in it because it makes you believe that you deserve this punishment because Mm. it's not due to it's because of you rather than something that you did it's not a consequence it's a consequence of you being you rather than Mm. something you are just wrong yes and deserve your yeah it lets zach off very lightly and i think Mm. that it oversimplifies both uh, with uh, uh, Roberta that she goes into another abusive relationship where like that the guy is barely seen let's say uh, uh, Roberta Kieran's mom the, Kieran goes oh my mom has a new boyfriend and I don't like him and you yeah, can tell the he's just like, off screen as this sort of like oh, it's shitty five minutes. presence <laughs> yeah like you have that you have uh, uh, her uh, like his dad or whatever and i think that the the problem is always that the first question is asked to the victim in a way that it's like Mm. it's never like it's in a way it's not precisely like victim blaming but it is in a way that it is like why didn't you leave him how much did you you, know oh you're back with zach why are you back with yeah why are you back with zach or whatever and it's like not and they, like he asked her way more than he asked Zach. And mm. I felt like a really bad taste in the mouth whenever he's talking about like how sometimes a girl just needs to be slapped around or whatever. And then it just cuts to that fucking like happy montage afterwards. Yeah. And it's like he's not challenged. And also we don't get to, to go back to Nina on that side of it. And at the end, it's like it's too neat considering that like he's opened that can of worms now you know like he's he's like at different points he's talked like he talks to Zach about it he talks to Kiri about it you know he's like talking to his mother but he he, it doesn't like 
go the full way with Zack. Uh, yeah. Which is, yeah, it gives the ending a weird sort of a, oh, cool, he still gets to see his child. Nothing has been resolved. <laughs> but the other bit is like he clearly has like addiction problems and the movie just lets it sit kind of thing, mm. not like that is like, oh, yeah, he got a job. But like the problem with addicts is that if you're an addict, you can like manage for a while. A microdose, but like you'll come mm. back, like same as me with smoking or something. Like I'll spend like a year just having a cigarette once a month or whatever, and then I always fucking will go back if I leave that door open. You have to go cold mm. turkey if you're an addict. But like it's good filmmaking because it depicts the version of the story that they want to tell, but then it also, like I said, like all you had given a pass. In a way, yeah. because it's like I, I wouldn't want a character assassinate my my friend that I grew up with by digging up dirt on him without like they wanted to the film to be an examination of a friend's life kind of thing. Mm. But at the same time, it's okay. He's not your friend. He's like some dude that you started fucking recording for a documentary, and then you decided to guide the documentary in that direction. Mm. And well, look, became... in fairness, in fairness to that, um, it wasn't that he like discovered like he he started off by interviewing all the different skateboarders and the, his angle on it always was their relationship with their fathers. Like that was always rather than like you just want to talk to skateboarders about skateboarding, about why you skateboard or whatever. It was more that like people using skateboarding as an escape from their home lives. And like, is that a universal thing for for like young men or whatever of like not just the general disaffection of being a teenager, but rather of like if you don't have this thing to escape to like what what happens to you of like you know there's a reason why kids do things about why they congregate in places and why they they like do certain things like there's always there's like you know there's there's a story behind it i guess um well like so, i suppose also on the other hand uh uh there's the thing that if he went all out to really dig into what zach yeah is doing it will also like have ethical issues because that's not what zach signed up for like he signed up to yeah. talk about his dad or whatever and then uh, suddenly like if you make a movie that is an examination about how you're an abusive partner or whatever it's is the and from his perspective the, as well like yeah you know like you don't know what from her perspective because like i'm assuming he like Bing didn't know her at all because she's like another level away from from uh, from Zach. So uh, from her perspective, you can imagine that. Like, yeah, it's what's funny about this film is that it's a weird uh, not from your perspective, but I think for a lot of people who came into it believing that it was one thing even before they watched it is the marketing um, because that Peter Bradshaw was one of the few articles I found referencing the fact that he wasn't he, he didn't know them really before he started making it um, like pretty much everyone else is like yeah his childhood friends his childhood friends and that seems to be and I've seen it I found then interviews with him in Esquire or somewhere talking about how he didn't like how that's how the film was being portrayed because he's like that's not that's not how I made it like it's not he didn't want people to think that uh, which is then also kind of conflicting because 
the film Even clearly you, implies the film it. feels that way so it's like again I, I wonder what because I didn't see any of the marketing like yeah the, exactly like, so like I said watching the movie and I was like really digging it and like I think it, like you said it's really well edited it's like mm. it has to be said there I do think the movie is a little bit too long, but I think it's a common thread with most documentaries. There's something about documentaries that, like, unless it's showing that it's eight hours long. long. Well, because I went back and listened to some of the Hill County this morning, this evening um, episode. And one thing he did say, that's a film that is like 83 minutes long. And you said that the biggest flaw is that it's too short, Um, especially considering that he filmed for like five years or something and had all this material. And that was because he was following such interesting characters in such a humanist way. That's like, I need more. I need more. (laughs) What we're saying about like bring your problems, whatever, is that like at no point in this movie, any of the characters analyzed what damage they actually physically have, whatever that mm-hmm. literally what they have to do is go to fucking therapy rather than drinking, make movies about it. <laughs> like in, moving to Denver, you have to deal with the problem. Like you, and it's this myth that is like, Oh yeah, you, you just go. Oh, it's, and then it's that problem as well. That is like, Oh yeah, it's your fault because you stayed in Rockford like yeah. Zach's problem is that like he didn't fucking want to create change my and even like hindsight is like the bit that is like Bing talking to Zach is like what do you think about my trajectory and all these things and I was like I don't know man like I don't think you should be asking that question in this movie unless mm. you're like willing to Delve really into describe the fact your, that... because he clearly has fucking serious issues and I know like like saying it lightly as like criticism it's like like he had a very traumatic childhood and clearly like making this movie is a way that he's trying to deal with it but at the same time Mm. it's like it's a movie that almost uh tries to create this idea of control the same way that they talk about skateboarding Mm. that it's the idea that it's like you could have left the guy. You could have like stopped the abuse. You could have uh, left Rockford if Rockford is the problem. You could have done this, that, or the other. And it's like, no. Sometimes a guy just drives to your house and because you're stepped at, <laughs> you can't do anything about it. You know, like you're just fucking child. And I yeah. think that I understand why he needs that. But again, it's a bit of like. If he was making a movie that dealt with those issues that he has, or like the idea of him not being able to have control in situations or whatever, I would be like all for it in the movie. Is that the movie kind of doesn't really commit to the tackle? (laughs) I can't remember what I was going to say. What was your favorite thing? I, I suppose my favorite thing is the editing and the pacing of the movie uh, because it, it does move at a good clip. When I say that the movie is too long, it's not that it becomes boring tiresome, per se yeah. or tiresome. It's that I just think that there are moments of like repetition perhaps or also in the ways that because of that extra 10 minutes, there's like little things that get teased that don't get explored. So it makes like... Mm other things even more highlighted kind of thing like even watching this is like oh yeah it'd be interesting to make just a doc pick a random restaurant and just make a documentary about the lives of people in the restaurant kind of thing because it'd be and follow for a year how careers change within the restaurant and whatnot 
stuff like not saying that the movie needed to do that but i like that <laughs> how much the movie created the sense of rockford as well through the editing and the cinematography and stuff and i think the cinematography in particular is very cinematic uh which mm. like uh, a lot of documentaries struggle with uh and i think that this one doesn't it's um even for like the the person to person you get like both the feel of the place but also that it shouldn't just be like a fucking history channel kind of programming or whatever you know like it's uh yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your favorite thing <laughs> uh hi there was always an appropriate billboard in rockford <laughs> for them to cut the shots off my favorite one being it's 3 p.m do you know where your kids are? <laughs> or the one that was like specifically for like A and E for skateboarding injuries. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there was another one about fathers specifically as well. I was like Jesus, um, <laughs> it's the editing. I think probably like it's because it, it, it is so well put together and taking from what I imagine is a lot of interview time a lot of archive and everything and um it's either that or also kiri as well um yeah i i I have to to, your heart does like break for him when particularly that one sequence when he's trying to find his dad's grave and jesus christ and it's so like uh yeah i feel like he has more of a connection with bing or something or yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's or that he's just more of a. You feel I don't. Know, you feel more connected to him somehow, or, or something, and you like, you want like even whenever he's talking about saving up his money, and then his brother stole his money, and it's like, oh god, just just give this kid a fucking break, you know? Like he feels much more sympathetic than obviously like Zach does, and the fact, and then even how like the movie treats Zach, you know, he gets off kind of lightly, and then. They just sort of like give Kiri his little like fairy tale ending where he goes off and it feels it doesn't really do either character a good service. But um so yeah, no, it is it is probably the the editing, I think. Um what was your least favorite thing? I think the it's the um, uh, the three billboards outside of Rockford. Uh no <laughs> uh I think that my biggest problem with the movie is the how e- conflicted am i am about its mm. ethics from like before you talking about how the movie was conceptually made so like i had already reservations before we started talking and now it's like they only got grown bigger <laughs> but at the same time i had to clarify that is not is that kind of ethical dilemma of like only documentary filmmakers have to deal with that. I don't think it's a movie that was made with malice or no, with, no. Uh, uh, with like poor intentions and uh, or the bang is not a good filmmaker, etc. Or you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like I think the documentary is so complicated because you're invading somebody else's life kind of like yeah to to air its grievances kind of thing like um like you're invading like you're making a narrative somebody that like you're putting into 90 minutes like let's say even if you 
split it have a 50-50. You're just making Zach a 45-minute chunk. Where everybody mm. has seen this movie, got Oscar nominated or whatever, and that's how he'll be remembered. Remembered. And by people the world as well kind of thing. will never, you can never fully, maybe more as time goes on, people watch more documentaries, become more aware of how they're made and stuff. But most normal people don't have the full concept of what it's actually like to invite someone into your life. And that you think you sit down for an interview and it's not really like, it's very hard to like conceive of yourself in that place of Zach. But like, you know, you point a camera on any person in that with that full level of access and very few people come away looking great. <laughs> Nick, not everyone looks as bad as like Zach does because he is, you know, physically abusive, but like, it's very hard for people to conceive of it that like, you know, the light is going to be shone on you. <laughs> and, and I think the movie, what does that mean when you sign up at the start, you know, for this, this little, this little cute kid, you know, from your time, you know, it's like just him and, and think... a camera. And I think that the movie lets down Nina quite a bit. Uh, mm. uh, um, it kind of like, whatchamacallit, like it, in its effort to create a more interesting narrative, it kind of like, um, see, like when Zach was playing the video, because everything else before that is portrayed on the side of Zach. Mm. That when he plays the video, her going, I'm going to kill you and all these things. I went to Alex and go, like, this woman is insane. And then it mm. cut straight after to her saying... He beat my ass 10 minutes before Kyle took that video and he didn't decide to record that part. You know, I've got a scar going down my eyebrow. I've got... He broke his coffee tables with my body. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm not in the state of mind. Like, I'm not... I'm going crazy at this point because... I'm a little girl, you know what I mean? And you have wasted Zach doing all that. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. It's like, of course I'm going to tell you. I'm going to fucking kill you if you do, you know? Whenever he was making the documentary and shooting the footage, he might have thought that. So he only got that side of the footage. But when he edited the movie, <laughs> yeah, he, 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 knew, <laughs> he, he knew what was happening. So I think that portraying that and then it's like it's difficult to make a second impression of a character so like it becomes kind of like a oh, redemption arc of nina and it's like no you shouldn't have made her this kind of like figure of ridiculed almost yeah beforehand. especially because zach is so portrayed as like you really like zach at the start like you're like oh he's you know he's like this sort of slacker dude but he's very like you know amiable and he's cute and you're like oh but then it's like oh but he's got this bitch of a girlfriend and it's like uh, <laughs> yeah even for like the brief twist that it is that it has it does feel a little cheap or something yeah yeah what about yourself what's your least favorite thing probably the ending um because it's like the 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 ending kind of is, is it's like it's the the full it goes the full way with the problems if you know what i mean of like it's sort of like that that the cherry on top of the the little issues that there are throughout the film so it's sort of like the most the best encapsulation of the of the dilemmas that there are um i like them from like i think that that's one of the best things about great documentaries is that like the ones that do make you feel a little like uh, uh, 
for good and for bad, I think, because at the end of the day, most of these are just normal people that these are, you know, and, and you're you're projecting somebody into like, you know, it's Oscar nominated film. Like you were obviously Bing doesn't know that, but that that's going to happen. But ultimately, like you're projecting these people out into the world uh, and you, you know, you have to like look after them or something. There's that weird feeling of like, <laughs> kill your darlings you know or like you know an almost famous whatever he's like you know you made friends with them you can't make friends with the rock stars then you won't want to write the like you know aggressive piece or whatever but like this is a difference between talking about rock stars and people who want to be famous and people who have just kind of agreed to do your film because they don't really have a full concept of what will happen with this you know yeah. but um yeah that it's particularly with bing's bing's mom and then that's weird. And then also uh, Nina at the end, because, you know, you're, you kind of get distracted sometimes in the Nina shots because she's so often seen with the baby. I don't think we see Nina without the baby. Um, and like she just say at one point that she's like she was a daughter and then she was a girlfriend and then she was, you know, and then she was a mom. She was never she never felt like she had her own kind of life. Um which is kind of interesting. It's like more, more of Nina, more of Nina, please. Um, yeah, it's sometimes you're kind of, you're like, oh, look how cute Elliot is. Ah! You know, and you're like looking at Elliot and you're seeing how much he looks like Zach. And it's like, sometimes it sort of masks her side of it or something. So it's, yeah, the ending is weird. Um, and a culmination of issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you, you almost like feel it, like though. at the ending, you, you almost feel that like Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles is going to start playing that. <laughs> <like>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you did like it sort of, I guess. <laughs> well, like like I said, uh, whenever I was watching it, uh, I was really enjoying it. It's more like, I don't know, it's... But I like. I'm glad that the movie was made, and I think that it's like as a film, it probably deserves being in. Like, um, I suppose it's like it's a movie that opens conversations. So sometimes it's like it's providing a, a a complete thesis. You know, like even like the fact that he's a victim of abuse himself, it creates mm. like the conversation conversation about like why depictions are the way that they are and who should be making movies about what kind of thing, you know, like, um, Mm. but yeah, sorry, I went in a tangent (laughs) there. Um, So, yeah. So where can they find us? (laughs) They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. Uh, We are, you can email us at uh, therecommendationgame at gmail.com. We are on Dublin Digital Radio from on Mondays, every second Monday from 11 to 12. Um, you can find us on our SoundCloud. You could also now find us on Spotify, which only took me like 30 seconds to do. And I don't know why I'd never done it before. So there you go. We're on Spotify now. So we really are on your podcast app of choice. Um, uh, yeah. So next week's film is Ricardo's pick. What are you yeah, picking? I'm picking The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Ooh. Okay. Very excited. Sweet. Well, uh, until then. I was Orla McInnes. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks' time. <laughs>